You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So this week, we welcome back as our guest co-host, Jay Randall Murphy, who took kind of a hiatus from the forums and the field for a while. But you're back in action, my friend. Absolutely. And glad to be back. This week, we welcome back a guest has been on the show for a while, Lauren Coleman, who has been very active in paranormal research, specifically cryptozoology, for, I always say, 10,000 years. Is that close enough? 58. That's pretty close. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's almost 10,000. And you have the International Cryptozoology Museum. And before we go on, can you tell us, how's that going for you? Oh, it's great. It's We're in our 15th year. Uh, we relocated a couple years ago, built our own museum, got a little grant from a, a fund in uh, Indiana. And we have a two-story little museum in a, a thriving new area of Portland called Thompson's Point. We're actually uh, located next to a brewery, which is next to a winery. And on the other side of us is a distillery. We've We've joked about having a breathalyzer at our door, but it hasn't happened yet. A breathalyzer at your door. Rounded all up by all these millennials coming in who have had a few drinks. Well, we just hope they spend money in our gift store and support cryptozoology. So we, we take people in all kinds of situations. When we were originally going to have you on, and then we had to postpone that due to a family emergency of yours, you had an article from the copycat effect website. And I thought that was interesting because you mentioned here a number of people known in the paranormal fields who had died. And I observed to you before we started the show that it always seems that deaths among people who are well-known come in clusters. Like you see a show business personality dies and then four others are gone. Do you see that as a pattern or just one of those things? Well, certainly, I think that the human mind tends to try to organize strange phenomena, whether it's suicides or deaths or, you know, UFO sightings or cryptozoological encounters. And one thing that does happen with the media is if there's one suicide or one death, then they all of a sudden they're more alert and the reflective factor uh, kicks in. And I certainly know that we noticed a pattern that occurred a few months ago with all of these UFO writers that were dying in a, in a little clump. And so we had Brad Steiger and Adam Palfrey and uh, Dan Cohen, Art Bell. Within this period of a month, there was lots of writers that are associated with the field. And so we kind of were alert. Everybody was ready for the next one that came along. And now there's quiet. Uh, but what I've actually been writing about on the Twilight Language blog lately is we've got a very important date coming up, June 24th. And June 24th is certainly a date that anybody that's in the UFO field has noted there's a lot of ufologist-related deaths on that date, like Frank Scully and Arthur Bryan, Frank Edwards, Willie Lee, Jackie Gleason, Lyle Stewart, uh, even the Devo drummer who was into UFOs, Alan Myers. Lots of different people, about 12 deaths that people have associated with that date. And so I'm looking 
in the year 2018 that something major could be happening related to UFOs on the 24th of the month, which, of course, is the Kenneth Arnold kickoff day in 1947 when UFOs were first, uh, first really called flying saucers. So does that mean that I should really watch myself very carefully on the 24th? I think so. I think that everybody connected with ufology, uh, with strange phenomena, with the Masons, with a whole bunch of different phenomena may really want to look over their shoulder on the 24th of this year. What would we be looking for exactly? I mean, if, if this isn't just sort of some kind of I don't know, weird synchronicity? Well, it's definitely a weird synchronicity. You can look on Twilight Language blog and you can see all of the different kinds of things that coincidentally or not have happened on the 24th. I think that it's certainly in 1967 where you had three deaths of ufologists all happening on the same day. It really, you know, kind of had a lot of people scratching their heads. Uh, I think there's a lot of coincidences and there's a lot of synchronicity and and all, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't be aware of it, shouldn't acknowledge it, and shouldn't uh, look out for it. So uh, that's what I do. I, I I tend to look at old patterns, look at new patterns, and and try to make these predictions. And I've been doing it for a long time, especially with regard to uh, school shootings and. Uh, you know, attacks, terrorist attacks, and different things like that. If people are not aware of history, they tend to repeat it. And I think that uh, uh, sometimes people just kind of blow through uh, their day without really being aware of what has happened previously on those days that sometimes alert individuals. Some individuals die uh, or die by suicide because of the anniversary syndrome, because there are unconscious dates that people are working around all the time without even thinking about them. Um, but if you look at statistically how many people die around their birthday or how many people die on significant dates of others in their family, it's just something that can't be ignored. Let me raise one for you here, actually, too. 1988. September 9th, that's my birthday. My father died that afternoon. Mm -hmm. Now, it was kind of interesting because he wasn't a young man. He was just shy of 79 and otherwise was in decent state of health and everything. He just kind of keeled over and that was it, as quick as you can go. On my birthday, now the day before, he called us. And normally when I have a conversation with my dad, it would be very short. It would be very short. This time, he spent more and more time on the phone, maybe 10 minutes or so, to be assured I was okay. And I can think in retrospect, he wanted to make sure before he left, and he knew he was going to go the next day or shortly, that he made sure everything was okay in my life. One instance. Another instance, my late brother-in-law, Stephen, died 10 minutes after my birthday ended. I have no idea of the distinction of that because his birthday was May or June or something like that. But those are the two I'm aware of. With my father, I could see things going on, but that also gives me the impression that 
it's not when you're suffering from a serious illness and you know you're going to go any day now. I do think maybe sometimes people know their time is about done. What do you think? I certainly think that's true. Um, My father died on December 8th, and he was a World War II veteran. Uh, Even though he acted like he did not notice it every year, he would talk about December 7th, uh, really Pearl Harbor Day, really drawing him into the war, uh, volunteering for the Navy and all of that. And for him to have died, he, he lingered on with lung cancer for like three years. I thought it was very significant that he would kind of finally let go on December 7th and die the next day. And I've seen that happen with a lot of different people in my family around their birthdays, around significant dates. Uh, it's just part of the humanity that we have. And I, I think in your stories, they talk in some ways, you're being sent messages about how significant your birthday and you were to those people. we got more to come with Lauren Coleman. Our guest co-host is Jay Randall Murphy. You're in The Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. Normal blood pressure, naturally. How would that make you feel? I'm Don from New Mexico. Uh, January of 2000, I had a heart attack. Uh, Then my real health began going downhill. I had high blood pressure, diabetes, poor vision. I wasn't sleeping well. I was a mess. Don reports dramatic improvements with heart and body extract. I started taking heart and body extract from within a few days. I started sleeping better. My blood pressure normalized. My diabetes normalized. My sleep improved. Experience these benefits and more when your body heals itself with the assistance of heart and body extract. Order at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. That's hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. And folks, I did not expect this at all. By the 7th, 8th, and ninth day, I saw dramatic improvements from taking heart and body extract. Heart and body extract comes with a 100% ironclad money back guarantee. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for heart and body extract. 
Homemakers. Groceries by mail ships free. Try our amazing bacon. It stores in your pantry. No refrigeration required. Our value-added packaging provides a 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Always price less than grocery for your everyday use. Savory and delicious. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Message and data rates may apply. Remembering when to change your fridge filter is a hassle. Remembering the right filter is almost impossible. So at Filters Fast, we have some good advice. Forget it. Instead, remember this. Text BEST55 to 443-443 and check fridge filters off your to-do list forever. Get it all taken care of for a fraction of big box store prices with a Filters Fast brand filter. To see how much you can save, plus get free shipping, text BEST55 to 443-443. With a huge range of brand name filters available, Filters Fast is America's number one online filtration company. And you can get a Filters Fast brand filter for a fraction of the price, delivered to your door every time you need it. No need to remember. It's not a matter of if you need a fridge filter. Why not text to get it taken care of? To see how much you can save and get free shipping, Text BEST55 to 443-443. That's B-E-S-T-55 to 443-443. Healthcare reform is confusing. With the loss of the Obamacare mandate, those needing help can now choose an affordable alternative. By joining Liberty HealthShare, you're part of a community of health-conscious Americans all over the country who control their own healthcare costs and choices. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of their medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. A reminder, we have a second radio show called After the Paracast that is either a close-up or kind of a recap show and sometimes it's special discussions special guests all sorts of strange things can happen on after the powercast we offer it only if you're a member of the powercast plus we also give you a version of the show that is free of the network ads all this and more available it's just a dollar 49 a week 499 a month check it out plus dot thepowercast.com plus dot thepowercast.com we're here with lauren we're here with Randall and the significance of what we've talked about so far, beginning with, and we'll get into more detail on that, the sudden group of deaths, the cluster of deaths of people prominent in the paranormal fields, whether those particular events have some kind of synchronicity element. And Lauren was mentioning days where people may tend to die, anniversaries, birthdays, or birthdays of relatives, things like that. Or June 24th, a very interesting anniversary because it was the day of Kenneth Arnold sighting. Lauren, go ahead, please. Well, I think that if we look in the popular culture, there's been a whole spate of hangings of celebrity. Andrew Bodain and Kate Spade. And then last night, actually, we're talking here in, in June, a publicist named, what was her, Janae Perper 
uh, who was a, and it's interesting because all of these three celebrities are connected by sex in the city. And so you try to look at these deaths and go beyond the news that's just on TV. Uh, Try to look for the patterns. And that's what I do of all of these people that have died that I know in the unknown field and then explained in the ufology field. We can't just take, okay, that's when they died. Uh, We really miss them, and I'm sad about that. I try to look a little bit deeper to see if there's a pattern going on. Uh, In the rock and roll business, you saw that with uh, Chris Cornell uh, died on a date that many rock individuals, rock stars, have hung themselves. And then uh, you saw, of course, Chester Bennington kill himself through hanging once again on the birthday of Chris Cornell. So there's those links like that, that just because it's a date in Wikipedia doesn't mean it didn't have some connection for that individual in a very deep way. So what do you think that means then? I I worked for over 11 years with the state of Maine, trained over 40,000 individuals, paramedics, police officers all over the state on the warning signs and, and suicide prevention. And what I'm saying in, in very overtly is that there are warning signs that people ignore. There are clues in human behavior, whether we talk about it in terms of Fortiana, ufology, or celebrity suicides. There's things going on that are ignored by the day-to-day routine that, uh, you know, breaking news on CNN, it's no longer breaking news. It's just uh, washes across us. And I think if you care about some of these individuals and you talk to them, you're trying to prevent suicide, you also have to dig a little deeper in a very personal detective methodologically uh, so that you can see that these people are giving signs. There are certain dates that they'll be more at risk on or that their parents' birthday or some times when a mother dies or a close friend. 50% of individuals who die by suicide very directly have someone in their family that has also died by suicide. It's a model of behavior, uh, and it's one in which uh, you just have to keep talking to the individual and also look at their history in a way that is often ignored. That's perfectly fair, actually. I've heard the same thing, that these signs are ignored by people. A a person might, for example, just joke about it. And the advice is, well, if somebody's joking about killing themselves, you really should start to look a little bit deeper to make sure that they're okay and that it's not something more serious. But then how do you explain the sort of synchronicities where a person isn't really suicidal? Like, Like, say, the case of John Mack. Here we have, you know, John Mack was yeah. a very respected Harvard psychiatrist who was doing exceedingly well with his research and then was run down by a driver, I think in France. And England, actually. And he was, uh, the driver wasn't found to be, uh, you know, involved in any kind of conspiracy. He was just impaired. So, uh, I mean, how do we kind of reconcile the the synchronicities where there is no apparent reason for a person to want to die with just random occurrences that, according to what you're saying, aren't necessarily random. 
Well, I've never looked into John's case other than I know specifically that he was in England. He stepped off of a curb and being American, he thought about the traffic going in a different way on different sides. So he actually walked into traffic in which he wasn't looking the right direction. Was he unconscious? Was he in a trance? Did he not know he was in England? You know, there's kinds of things like that. There's nothing suicidal, perhaps, in, in what he did. I don't even know. Uh, do you know what date he died? Was there any synchronicity with the date that he um, he died? I mean, I know there's always conspiracy theories about was John Mack killed by the government who thought he knew too much and all of that. I, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the unconscious awareness and the lack of awareness that some people put themselves. We should kid ourselves not that there are a lot of depressed people who are engaged in ufology. And I find it uh, kind of remarkable and sad that if someone knows that there's a large, a, a big or a kind of date coming in, up, uh, they may pick that date unconsciously as a date on which they will die. Um, I'm wondering if there seems to be the suicide rate is 30% higher than it has been in recent years. In the last 10 years, there's certainly a lot of suicide on the media with uh, the, our military, 22 soldiers dying a day, with all the celebrity suicides and hangings. I think the model is out there, and this is a very dangerous time for people that are impulsive, are violent, are um, depressed with energy. One of the things that people get wrong about suicide is that it's not just depressed people because depressed people usually don't have the energy to kill themselves. It's people that are a little more stirred up. And so I wonder if this, this coming weekend is going to have some of that energy dispersal through uh, suicides. Now, I should point out to our listeners they will be listening to the show on the 24th of June. So if anything right. untoward is going to happen, I guess we'll have an indication. We'll get more into this synchronicity and deaths and knowing, perhaps sensing, when it's going to happen. More to come with Lauren and Randall. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. If you like alkaline water or know someone that does, you're going to love the Dillon Living Water Bottle. It creates alkaline water on the go while reducing plastic waste and saving you money. Made with surgical-grade stainless steel, the Dillon Bottle increases the pH up to 9 to deliver both alkaline and antioxidant water anywhere you want it. Alkaline water is healthier, tastes better, and can even boost energy. The Dillon Bottle makes it easy and affordable to be healthy and achieve optimal hydration. Get your Dillon Bottle today at DYLN.co. That's DYLN.co. 
hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. President Trump spent his day talking about immigration, first at a convention in Las Vegas, then in an interview on TBN. It's the Democrats' fault, but it wouldn't be their fault for long if they sat down with us. We could make a deal so quickly, but it's looking like they really want open borders and they want really crime to pour in. Many Democrats spent the weekend touring centers for immigrant children. Florida Senator Bill Nelson, after being turned away earlier, finally got inside one facility in Florida. The only good thing that we found out is that most of these here are communicating by telephone with their parents. But there doesn't seem to be a plan for reunification of the children. California Congresswoman Jackie Spear says she doubts the government's word that 500 children have been released. You're listening to USA Radio News. Attention timeshare owners, this is an urgent consumer alert from Resort Release, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get rid of their expensive timeshares. Once you've made that decision to get rid of your timeshare for any reason, Resort Release is offering a Better Business Bureau accredited way to legally get rid of your timeshare guaranteed. We guarantee to get rid of your timeshare payments permanently, even if you've tried another company. Company to get rid of your expensive timeshare, call now and see if we can help you. At Resort Release, you don't pay anything until you're ready. If you're ready to learn how to permanently get rid of your costly timeshare, make this complimentary free call right now. 800-455-7967. 800-455-7967-800-455-7967. That's 800-455-7967. Hey everyone, Proactive MD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. Proactive MD with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece Proactive MD system with free shipping, plus a free gift, the new charcoal pore cleansing brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now, 1-800-583-8662, or go to Proactive.com and enter promo code radio. You heard right. Proactive MD plus free shipping and a free gift. The new charcoal pore cleansing brush. You'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60-day money-back guarantee. You're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you get your money back. Call now. 1-800-583-8662. That's 1-800-583-8662. Or go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio. Again, go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Now, this phenomenon 
knowing someone's going to die? Is that something that's in your subconscious, in your DNA? Is that when people seem to know? If you're talking about the individual who is going to die by suicide, there's usually a plan. There's usually some way that they're going to really do this act. Uh, It's not usually unconscious. It's not usually as impulsive as the surviving family members think. Uh, It's oftentimes been inside of them. With regard to people that are outside that individual, looking at it, it may there may be clues and warning signs, as we all agree, but it's the synchronicity that um, is most interesting to followers of the unknown because part of what followers of the unknown, Fordians, ufologists, all of us individuals interested in that is we want to crack the nut. We want to solve the mystery. We want to find the pattern. We want to keep people alive if that's even down to the basic. So there is something really deep about that inside of us. Uh, In my most recent book, which is Mothman, Evil Incarnate, I look at 100 deaths of people associated or linked to the Mothman phenomena that have died by suicide or died young or uh, even died elderly age, but on a specific day that may have significance to the, the Mothman phenomena. So there's many different ways to look at this. It's just a what kind of approach you want to take. So these are people that have some notoriety in the media or in folklore or in the type of field that people study. So how do we know that the statistics for those people aren't really pretty much the same for the average population unless we take a sample from the average population to see if there are similar patterns? Very true. If the funding was available, I did a whole book in 1987 called Suicide Cluster, based upon many statistical studies, based upon many databases full of that kind of approach. So we definitely know there's suicide clusters, a a phenomenon that was totally ignored by the psychological field and the government before the 1980s even though I was able and some colleagues of mine in the suicidology field were able to dig up records from the 4th century BC in Greece. So I approach this open-mindedly, but also skeptically. I very much am not a true believer in any of this phenomena, or am I a, a deep debunker? I think the, the position to take is to approach all of this data, all of these different theories, right down the middle, open-mindedly and skeptically. That's pretty interesting then. So you've taken a look at both sides. So then in your research, can you tell us if there are some markers that set some of these people apart from the sort of the baseline that are interesting? Well, I think I've given some clues to that with regards to some of the celebrity suicides They are individuals that are connected to other individuals. They've used them as models. They think about those uh, individuals a lot. For instance, Kate Spade, uh, the designer who recently uh, hung herself with one of her own scarves, 
uh, was obsessed with suicide, would study uh, the suicide deaths of Robin Williams, for instance, how he hung himself, how he used something on a closet door. And she would look for hours and hours at media phenomena connected to that, as well as the recent suicides of other individuals that may have been lesser individuals. I wanted to ask you something before we go on here. Sure, sure. Right. Okay. Now, she must have done this on the down low because nobody in this time that she was looking into these other suicides realized there might be a problem or some symptom of depression that warranted further study. I mean, in the terms of Robin Williams, we know now, or at least after his suicide, that he was in ill health and that everything that made his life worthwhile, and he was someone who had suffered from psychological problems for years, everything that made him so great was basically fading away. So you can kind of see what might have led to it. In her case, the two questions I would have, nobody in her family noticed this. And number two, was there something in her life that anyone could point to that might have given a clue? Well, her family did know. There's lots of different articles that have come out quoting her family saying, oh, we saw her doing this. I think the question that we're coming up against, uh, whether it's ufologists or celebrities, is the question of why. Why did someone kill themselves? It's a question none of us can answer except the individual that takes their lives. It's something that bothers all of us that we we try to look for all of the pieces and we talk about depression or we talk about them being obsessed with this. Or we talk about the family members that ignore the warning signs. Everybody feels guilty. Everybody feels confused. And everybody walks away trying to come up with a theory of why the person did it or what led them to this. Even with the Robin Williams story that you just mentioned, that he was ill, there's different parts of his community, like his wife, that said he was not ill. He was not dying of cancer. He was not this and that. So you get all kinds of stories from the primary sources, and it leaves everybody totally mystified. And that's the whole root of suicide. Suicide is not something you'll ever be able to answer the why about because it's just still the unknown. One of the greatest unknowns that uh, really faces all of us uh, people that uh, survive suicides. There is, therefore, no profile a mental health therapist can apply to say this person is at risk. Well, there certainly are a lot of profiles and there are a lot of warning signs, but there are a lot of misconceptions too, like, uh, you know, someone wants to hurt themselves or uh, that person's in danger of hurting themselves. It's not about that. It's about uh, the person that's suicidal is in a lot of pain. And if anything, they want to run away, get away from the pain and they want to live. If they find that it's unavailable uh, for them to escape the pain, then they may, in fact, kill themselves. Uh, the other thing that's a misconception is, as I briefly mentioned earlier, chronically depressed people are not the ones who are killing themselves. It is people who are coming out of a depression 
or have energy in the midst of feeling depression or even homicidal. The other part of suicide that is often ignored is suicide is homicide turned inward and homicide is suicide turned outward. So that's why you had the rash of school shootings. If you look at the history of kids in school killing themselves, you'll find that many of them switched over in the middle of the 80s from just killing themselves to really conceptually saying to themselves, well, if I'm going to die, I'm going to take some people with me in a very angry sort of way so that that homicidal tendency really came out of suicide. And that's why a lot of school shootings, you have people who really want to die in the midst of the school shooting. This this is an interesting um, bit here. Well, I've got a couple of things here for you to comment on. Let's do our break here and then we'll do it. Sure. More with Randall and Lauren. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. If you like alkaline water or know someone that does, you're going to love the Dillon Living Water Bottle. It creates alkaline water on the go while reducing plastic waste and saving you money. Made with surgical-grade stainless steel, the Dillon Bottle increases the pH up to 9 to deliver both alkaline and antioxidant water anywhere you want it. Alkaline water is healthier, tastes better, and can even boost energy. The Dillon Bottle makes it easy and affordable to be healthy and achieve optimal hydration. Get your Dillon Bottle today at dyln.co. That's dyln.co. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Cancer categorizes over 100 diseases. Though we do not diagnose, treat, or cure cancer, GCN team is offering the Clemson University study where there was up to a 95% reduction in cancerous cells when exposed to a plant-derived mineral supplement. 
If you or a loved one are searching for answers to this horrifying disease, come to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'll email you a copy for free. That's 877-878-4203. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-261-9818 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-261-9818. Again, 800-261-9818. Want revenge on the common housefly? Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. So much fun, you'll forget you have a wife and kids. $39.95 and free economy shipping. Use discount code GCN and get an extra 10% off your purchase at BugAssault.com. Fire your fly swatter. Get your Bug Assault today. Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Jay Randall Murphy, guest co-host. Lauren Coleman is our guest, and we're talking about largely... Deaths, clusters of deaths, suicides, synchronicity, etc., etc. Lauren is going to continue on that. And I'm going to ask him a little bit later to go back and list, because we only did in passing, the paranormal celebrity deaths and tell us more about those people. Randall. Yeah, my memory isn't really great for, for specifics and names and dates, so maybe you can help me out on this a bit, Lauren. Uh, there's an author who wrote a book on the the school shootings and teen suicides and maintains that it's highly connected to behavior modifying pharmaceuticals is that something that you've read about or know anything about or and can confirm or what's your feeling about that i think that there's lots of different people yes i'm very aware of that Uh, i've gotten uh, discussions and debates with that person online uh, that, that seems to in many ways uh, be let me carefully say this a right wing theory that has a lot of politics connected to it, and I'm very cautious about that because all you have to do is look back in time and see that certain political motivations in the 30s, a lot of juvenile delinquency was blamed on comic books. Then you come right up through history and find that there was a period where people. We're blaming video games on school suicide clusters. Now we have a group of individuals who have clumbed on to this idea that pharmaceuticals 
because one or two individuals that they've read about uh, were on Ritalin or some other drugs, mood-changing behavior drugs. Are you which, sure it's only just uh, one or two? Because no, from I'm what talking, I recall in the in with this uh, author, who, and you can I'm sure look up the YouTube. I mean, there's a big difference between comic books and knowing people have prescriptions for behavior-altering pharmaceuticals. So, you know, we know pharmaceuticals do alter behavior, and then there's a definite link. Comic books are a different kind of thing altogether. That's more of a... I'm just talking about theory. With regard to the pharmaceuticals, also, you've got to understand that individuals who had problems or were already indicated in the thousands, in the tens of thousands, they would then give them pharmaceuticals. And so you can kind of go backwards with this instead of saying, which came first, the chicken or the egg? In other words, just because someone is taking Ritalin, are you saying that the Ritalin is then causing the school shooting when, in fact, the predisposition in that child must have already been there, whether they were incorrectly medicated or not, there was something going on. What this individual has done is they got a list, I was just going to say one or two, alerted them to that, and then they dug back and found out more, came up with a list and said, ah, these people were on drugs, they did school shootings, they did suicides, whatever. I don't think it's that clear cut. Well, I mean, returning back just to the briefly on the prescriptions, because there was one more other thing. I mean, we, there's studies that look at the side effects and they actually list things like depression and possible you know, feelings of suicide right on the medication warning labels. So I think it's kind of hard to just kind of write that off as, well, not coincidental and you know, put something in place like maybe they just happen to be a fan of Kurt Cobain or something. Well, you know, if you give someone that's suicidal medications and then one of the outcomes is suicide, the pharmaceutical company are naturally going to put one of the side effects, maybe suicide. But once again, I'm very skeptical of how quickly people turn to that to blame. Well, that's a fair comment because, uh, you know, all, I think all too often we over-medicate or medicate when really there are other underlying reasons that maybe could be solved by some sort of psychotherapy or counseling. I'm no expert in that, but it, it's just an impression I tend to get. I actually have a master's in psychiatric social work. I've written several books on it, studied it, became a member of the American Suicide Logical Society and gave papers on it. So uh, there's always somebody uh, to say it's comic books or pharmaceutical drugs or video games. I wasn't saying that I believed in or supported comic books. I was saying I was skeptical of that as an easy explanation. And I am also uh, have seen the damage of people with no knowledge coming in uh, with a political agenda and saying this is this is because of Ritalin or something like that. Oh, that's totally fair. Completely fair. And uh, uh, the other thing I wanted to ask, uh, this is kind of on a side note, a bit of maybe pop culture, in that I recently watched a movie. It was called The Discovery with Robert Redford. And what he'd done is he plays the part of a scientist who 
proves uh, in his lab the existence of an afterlife and goes on to media claiming this and gets a bunch of followers and then the suicide rate starts to climb. And so it's a dramatic portrayal of how scientific proof of the afterlife would affect people's desire to end this life and move on to the next one. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Do you, do you find that belief in afterlives plays any role in suicide? Well, I, I think we're getting into some deep areas coming from a fictional movie. You have some things going on, like heavy community, heavy religious beliefs uh, that creates a community is a suicide support, is a, is a suicide prevention support. In other words, deep black church communities, heavy Catholic communities that aren't um, cruel to each other about the suicide, you know, there are these communities where they say, if you die by suicide, you're not going to be buried in sacred ground, and so get out of here. And there's that kind of approach I've found in some communities that actually backfire and don't make the person that's suicidal feel very safe. Uh, so that sometimes happens. The, the most important thing that prevents suicide is communication, sense of community, sense of connectedness. Uh, a suicidal individual feels extremely alone. Uh, it, oftentimes, there's not many people that are feeling suicidal that care one way or another about where they're going after they die. Uh, the thing that I heard from teenagers often was, well, I'm going to kill myself and I'll be able to float over my funeral and I'll be able to watch people cry or I'll be able to watch who comes and different things like that. That's about as far as deep as it goes for thoughts about the afterlife. So it's it's not something that really is really a, a pre preventive factor, as it's called. I, I think it might. I was sort of looking at it more as a contributing factor. Like if you believe you can float out of your body and that you're going to be fine and it's only your body that dies, then you're not really losing much by uh, shedding the body and floating off into another existence where there's less pain or problems or what have you. So, yeah, well, so yeah, elderly suicide's a whole different thing, but among young people who are considering suicide, they mostly want to live. They mostly want to enjoy their body. They want to enjoy life. And it's the pain that they're feeling in that body uh, that they may want to get away from. So uh, I, I hear what you're saying, but it's not something that uh, maybe it works in a movie, but it hasn't really worked in the thousands of people I've talked to. One of the best studies uh, was a, a, doc, a psychiatrist in New Hampshire who actually interviewed 100 people who uh, almost died. They, in other words, shot a bullet into their head and survived or jumped off a bridge and survived. So he, he actually interviewed people that had, uh, quote, unquote, uh, committed suicide, uh, but then lived. And he found that in the last second, when life was fleeting from their body, or supposedly, every one of them, 100% 
said they made a mistake and they wanted to live. Uh, and they really, really wanted to live. It's a fascinating direction to take this discussion, but we also have to break. We've got more to come with Lauren Coleman and J. Randall Murphy. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. 99 bucks for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Lauren Coleman, J. Randall Murphy, I'm Gene Steinberg. Lauren, continue, please. Well, I want to get this back to ufology and June 24th. I think that what's in the background of most people's minds who are really into ufology is this is a milestone date and on milestone dates, people do milestone things like killing themselves, maybe even getting married. I don't know, having some ice cream when they don't usually eat ice cream. I'm, I'm not being funny. I'm being significantly important in my picking that date. Uh, It's a date that really, harmonically, magically connects to individuals. And I think that we've seen, looking at the history of some of these deaths, those individuals, whether they were 58 or 
24 or 68 or 94 have some place inside of their body and some side of their mind chosen June 24th to die on that date. And I think that's something that's being ignored. Uh, and I think there's some other dates through the year that are being ignored. Suicide becomes very personal and it becomes a personal decision for those people that want to die that way. But I think through illnesses, some people also let their body choose the date. That's interesting. Let your body choose the date. I wish we could know how that's done. I think that all of us will get to that point and find out. I'm not going to die by suicide, but I certainly sometimes feel like uh, the day that I die will be out of my choice. But then I think about some of those dates coming up that I want to live to, and I certainly am going to try. Let's go briefly back to the people who kind of started this discussion, the various people who died within a short period of time. Some we've heard of, some we haven't. And I'd like to talk about some of them and maybe give some basic observations. Now, Adam Parfrey wasn't necessarily someone that lots of people would know in this field. Can you tell us about him? Well, Adam had a whole history of being in publishing of radical books. So he actually had a press called Amok Press uh, and Feral Press. And in that field, he would publish some books on strange theories, weird phenomena, UFOs, um, a lot of things with synchronicities, and uh, got very involved in that. But he was not as interested as his father was in having his face out there. So a lot of people heard about Adam in the background, but they uh, nevertheless uh, didn't know what he looked like. He died uh, a couple months ago in a very strange accident where he stumbled down the stairs, hit his head, went into a coma, and died a few days later. Uh, at the age of, I believe he was 62. Uh, and so Adam was kind of a shocker. Uh, I wrote uh, the introduction to his book on Ritual America, where he traveled around the United States looking at Masonic uh, temples, Masonic signs, the Mormons, uh, Bohemian Grove, different things like that. Let's go to the next one here on the list. And that would be Guy Lion Playfair. Yeah, I don't know Guy too well. I heard about him from a lot of my associates in England. He was well known in the, the, the islands, the British Isles, for investigating a lot of paranormal phenomena, a lot of ghost stories, and was really well known over there for having quite a following. Uh, and that's the guy that really kicked off the wave of, uh, of deaths like this. He got a lot of attention in England for having died. A lot of people were kind of shocked by his death, uh, mostly probably because he'd, he'd been in the background doing a lot of yeoman's work, but uh, really not, uh, not too out there in the front, uh, as with some of these other guys. Next on your big list, is, of course, is Art Bell. And we all know who Art Bell was. Now, I had heard, although I guess it wasn't an official 
report of the autopsy that it might have been due to smoking? Yeah, I think there was still some kind of question with regard to his death. Of course, uh, very immediately, some of the stories came out that uh, he'd been killed by the men in black or something. But that that was to be expected with Art Bell. A lot of people was shocked by his death, but he did not have a very healthy lifestyle. Well, I don't pretend to know anything about Art Bell's lifestyle. He had kind of an unusual life anyway, so maybe he knew he was going to go out, so he wanted to go out with a little bit of mystery. Okay, now, Brad Steiger had been ill for a while before he died. He did. He, he had been ill. Uh, he nevertheless was a well-known guy. He had what, over 250 books that he'd authored. He'd started very young. He He actually... Grew up as Gene Olson uh, in Iowa, uh, was a professor at a university. I would often talk to him about how he was running upstairs to write another book. Uh, he got a divorce, married a woman who he felt was a star mate uh, with him and got uh, very involved in absolutely doing nothing but writing books. He's one of the people that actually toured around with, I mean, tracked uh, the two, which turned out to be the Heaven's Gate cult. And so he exposed some things like that way before a lot of people realized what was going on. And Brad Steiger, by the way, I think our listeners know, helped name the Paracast. He was one of our original guests. The first show had Jim Mosley also gone and Brad Steiger. And in the case of Brad, we were going to call the show Paracast World. And he said, why not just the Paracast? That's the history. Daniel Cohen, also 82, died. What can we say about Daniel Cohen? Daniel Cohen was a well-known skeptical author of monster books and UFO books. The thing about his skepticism, he wasn't a browbeating skeptic debunker like you get from a lot of the individuals that we kind of know are going in and rewriting every Wikipedia passage to make it sound like everything that we're doing is pseudoscience. Dan Cohen had a sense of humor, a very, very extensive sense of humor. He also wrote a lot of juvenile books. The thing about Dan that really changed, though, was the uh, Libyan shooting down of the Lockerbie, uh, Scotland, the, the airliners. His um, his daughter was on that plane, and it just changed Dan and his wife into the most visible advocates to punish those terrorists. And he actually lost his sense of humor. He lost his interest in the unknown and the paranormal, even though because, like all of us authors, once you write a book, the book is always going to be out there and you're always going to have your publisher republishing something. Uh, so Dan was still known in the field as a paranormal author, but his focus was on anti-terrorism. Once a paranormal author, always a paranormal author? Absolutely. Okay. John, I don't know if I got the name right, Bindernagel. John Bindernagel was a, a, 
um, a Bigfoot researcher in British Columbia. He was a, a wildlife biologist, had a very solid career in wildlife biology up in Canada. Then all of a sudden decided he was going to go down the path of searching for Bigfoot. Before we continue the search for Bigfoot and the death of this author, we've got Lauren, we've got Randall, we've got Gene, you're in the Paracast. Neighbors, we've made such a deal with HelloFresh. And it means that everyone listening to this show can receive $30 off your first week of deliveries when you go to HelloFresh.com and use the offer code PARACAST30. You know, with HelloFresh, you can choose the delivery day that works best for you. They've got a wide variety of chef-curated recipes that change weekly. And can you imagine me cooking Japanese panko chicken it makes me feel like I'm a chef. It means also that you could actually get your meal cooked in 30 minutes. For busy people, this is perfect. The simple recipes include step-by-step instructions so even I can figure it out. Go to HelloFresh.com. Use the offer code PARACAST30 to get $30 off your first week of deliveries. HelloFresh.com. How well and how fast does heart and body extract work to improve blood circulation? Listen. My name is Ellis, and I'm 66 years old, and I live in Jacksonville, Florida. Two years ago, I was diagnosed as having clogged arteries. I had 70% blockage in one artery leading to my heart. They wanted me to go on Plavix, but I refused, knowing the negative side effects. Heart and body extract is a unique balance, synergy, and proportion of herbs reaching from head to toe at maximum absorption around 95% at the cellular level. Within the first month, I felt a dramatic difference. The heaviness in my legs was reduced, and within two months, I felt completely normal. Your natural organic herbal formula for heart health is heart and body extract. Heart and body extract comes with a 100% ironclad money-back guarantee. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for heart and body extract. Call 866-295-5305. 866-295-5305 for heart and body extract. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. 
Visit the Berkey Guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey Guy. Get the ultimate knife at an ultimate price. The Fox Karambit Knife. Finally available in the U.S. The Fox Karambit Knife opens with one hand. Faster than you can pull a handgun. For utility, for defense, and for way less than other knives of this caliber. Go to TheUltimateKnife.com. Truly the best knife you will ever own. And only available at TheUltimateKnife.com. Use promo code RADIO at checkout for free shipping. Get the ultimate knife at the ultimate price. At TheUltimateKnife.com. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We continue with this part of the show, focusing on the deaths of people with some connection to the paranormal field, such as John Bindernagel, who got involved in Bigfoot. Lauren? The thing about John, he just never took it that this was a fantasy creature, he, from the very beginning, said, this is what I feel is happening. He tended to be a true believer. He found a footprint up in British Columbia. He knew his wildlife biology backwards and forwards, especially around bears. He knew that bears did not look like Bigfoot standing up. And so he became uh, one of these individuals who would begrudgingly go to conferences and speak but he spoke with authority uh, as a scientist and and that was a refreshing treat for a lot of us that go to these conferences and hear from eyewitnesses who tend to you know not have any background but uh, just said they saw something and so we're all supposed to believe it because they believe it Next on our list is someone who has been on the PowerCast a couple of times. He was always a fun storyteller. You'd sit around the campfire if you participated in campfires, which I haven't done in years, and you called on J.C. Johnson. And he was only 53. What happened, man? We still don't know. Uh, It never has been revealed why he died or what he died from. He was a field worker. He was uh, very involved in. Bigfoot research in the Four Corners area, uh, where, you know, New Mexico and Utah and all of those states really match up together. He once again was one of these individuals that just had a general background, but a winning personality. And a lot of people, the outpouring of love all over the social media when he died, I think it had a lot to do with the young age and no explanation of why he passed away. So uh, he's just been one of those shockers that occurred. Okay, next on the list, someone I don't remember this name, Sandra Mansi at age 74. Sandra Mansi is very important in the Lake Champlain monster field. She's the one that took the picture that looks like, it looks like the Loch Ness monster sticking out of the water. In July, uh, 4th of July weekend in the 70s, Her and her husband-to-be and two kids were having a picnic near Lake Champlain. She took this picture of something she saw in the water, took it home, and threw it in the drawer. 
a few years later when she took it out, because she'd actually said in her family that they called it the 300-pound duck because they didn't really want to face the possibility that they'd actually seen the monster, the Lake Champlain monster. But um, National Geographic, the Smithsonian, uh, different documentaries have said Sandra Mansi's photograph is the best, most authentic lake monster photograph ever taken. Al Hodgson. He's the Bigfoot historian that lived his life in uh, Willow Creek, California. In 1975, when I went through Willow Creek investigating Bigfoot reports all through the West, there was only one person that was talking to everybody else, and this was a gas station owner named Al Hodson. He uh, became the local historian, grew older there. Uh, the Willow Creek China Flats Museum opened with a lot of Robert Titmus and other foot cast. And there was Al you know, retired, but he was the kind of guy, the docent that you would go talk to for hours about Bigfoot. And he knew everything frontwards and backwards about how Bigfoot started there in 1958, how how the Roger Patterson film was filmed nearby in 1967. And Al was the guy. Uh, and so he, he lived a long life and really educated many of the younger people that are in that area who are, when they don't grow the marijuana, they're looking for Bigfoot. An interesting choice, Dave Hiltz. He was, uh, is he the Bigfooter? Honestly, I'm not familiar with the name. I don't know all the Bigfoot people. Yeah, I think he was just a, a minor actor in the Bigfoot field. But uh, in my crypto zoo news, I, I, I try to mention everybody. Once in a while, I'll pick out somebody like Dave who, uh, certainly was interested in Bigfoot, never became a celebrity, but a lot of those important people have a big friend network that really uh, miss them when they pass. Now, of these deaths we've gone through in the last segment and a half, anything look weird to you or unusual, or was it just normal stuff? I'm thinking in terms of J.C. Johnson because he died so young, but the others seem to have lived to a decent age. Yeah, I think what a lot of people noticed and what people reacted to was the five uh, right in the the beginning there. Uh, I think Dan Cohen and Brad Steiger uh, died on the same day it was, and very soon after that, Adam, and right before that, Art Bell. Uh, so there was almost uh, within two weeks, there was such a clumping that people felt that that was unusual. but. Statistically, clumps do occur. It's just that we notice them when they're people that we have been very aware of, and then they all die close together. Uh, like I said earlier, we all were expecting somebody else to die, and, and it didn't really happen. Uh, so, you know, that, thankfully, a lot of people, especially in the celebrity death world, they always talk about deaths come in threes. Well, they don't come in threes. Sometimes they come in fives. Sometimes they come in twos. Uh, it's humans that make up these clusters. Someone has to do it. I was looking up June 24th. There is a survey of celebrity deaths, which won't necessarily include our fields. It mentioned Eli Wallach, very well-known actor, who was 98. It mentioned Paul Winchell, 
of course, ventriloquist oh, and voice actor, 2005. He was also a very good actor. Yeah. And that came to me. Also another actor we've heard of, Brian Keith. There's oh, yeah. a lot of names here I do not know. Okay? So I'm not going to mention them. But those are the ones. And Jackie Gleason in 1987. Who was very UFO related. Yes, I know. Now, that's an interesting thing about Jackie Gleason. We heard all these stories. Also, someone else, by the way, peripherally mentioned in terms of UFOs was Willie Lay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So the point being here is, in the case of Jackie Gleason, we heard all sorts of stories about what Jackie Gleason might have known or not known. And supposedly he had a very, very big library on UFO-related material. And I remember listening to him, shows you how old I am, on the Long John Neville show. And he may have been a believer, but he was a skeptical believer. And he would get on there and he would ask some pretty tough questions. Really serious. You can't say, this is Jackie Gleason. I'm watching him as the poor soul on TV or Ralph Cramden. And that guy was really, really smart. Smart as a whip. Anything weird about his participation in the world of, of the paranormal. We'll find out in the next segment, or maybe we won't. You'll have another chance at this, uh, Lauren. Let's do it with Lauren, Randall, and Jean. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. If you like alkaline water or know someone that does, you're going to love the Dylan Living Water Bottle. It creates alkaline water on the go while reducing plastic waste and saving you money. Made with surgical-grade stainless steel, the Dylan Bottle increases the pH up to 9 to deliver both alkaline and antioxidant water anywhere you want it. Alkaline water is healthier, tastes better, and can even boost energy. The Dylan Bottle makes it easy and affordable to be healthy and achieve optimal hydration. Get your Dylan Bottle today at dyln.co. That's dyln.co. For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. President Trump says the U.S. needs strong borders and Democrats are in the way. Immigration? It's the Democrats' fault. We won't get one vote. I'm telling you, if we gave them every single thing they want, they will say we don't want it. It's pure obstruction. The president was speaking to a state Republican convention in Nevada, but members of his own party are also speaking out against family separations at the border, like GOP Congressman Mike Kaufman of Colorado. What I, I would like to see from the president, an acknowledgement that this policy was a terrible mistake, not just that it was a bad visual image, but that it was a fundamental mistake to tear families apart. And, and I think he ought to hold somebody in this administration accountable uh, for advising him to move in this direction. 
You're listening to USA Radio News. Does your business spend $500 a month or more on gas and electric bills? Did you know by making a simple free phone call, you can save up to 25% on your bill every month? What could you do with a 25% savings on utility bills every month? Energy deregulation is now available in your state. Making one simple phone call will show you how we can lower your gas and electric bills instantly. With no changes to your bill and no enrollment fee. This is a free service. The only thing you'll notice is a lower bill every month. Call U.S. Power & Light right now. Learn how easy it is to lower your utility bills for your business and save money. We promise. So if you spend over $500 a month on your gas and electric bills, please call right now and unleash your savings. 800-941-3381. 800-941-3381. That's 800-941-3381. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Some people think I'm embarrassing our guests when I make them do the Paracast. The answer is here is they actually grab me by the neck and say, I have to do this. No, Lauren never does that. He's nice. Jackie Gleason, anything weird about him other than being a great comedian, a great actor, and someone who died too young but was interested in the paranormal? A couple things I've heard about is that his library was vast. Uh, As you mentioned, heavy volumes and UFOs. Some people even said when he died, Because of his wealth, he was able to amass the largest UFO library in the United States at the time. Another thing, he had a a very intimate relationship with Richard Nixon. And there were rumors going around that Richard Nixon showed Hangar 18 to Jackie Gleason and showed him the bodies. Now, obviously, maybe there's no bodies there, but the rumor is there. Uh, The other thing was that Jackie Gleason may have been skeptical and may have been very serious about the subject, but he actually pushed for a lot of the disclosure stuff that's in the wind uh, nowadays. And there's reports that he, uh, Jackie Gleason, was the one responsible for Richard Nixon releasing some records uh, to the public. So I'm not sure any of that's true. 
it's all the rumors that circulate around Jackie Gleason. He was much more than a comedian, that's for sure. So what's your take, since we're still on strange deaths, the Marconi murders, if you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. Oh, all right. Well, this was something I ran across actually first as research, I think, that James Patterson had done for a novel he'd written about UFOs. But it turned out that there are actual cases where between 1982 and 1990, there was a, a cluster of strange and often grisly deaths among scientists and computer experts working in Britain's high-tech defense ministry that was connected with the Star Wars program. There's a lot of them. And uh, say, going through the dates, for example, June actually is only mentioned in one of them. But there's some really bizarre deaths that they called suicides that other ones are left open and really kind of are evidence to the contrary. It's quite interesting if you uh, maybe take the time to look it up. Yeah, uh, and I know that there's been a lot of talk and conspiracy theories about microbiologists' uh, deaths. and. There's only so much time I have, though, so I I haven't looked into either one of those. One I wanted to bring up, because it's always fun to talk about, as a superhero fan, The Curse of Superman. People connected with Superman movies. Let let me read some of them here, if this makes any sense. Of course, we all know about Christopher Reeve. He was injured in a writing accident. Another one that really wasn't so much a death, but a career ender and that was kirk allen he was so closely identified with the two movie serials in which he played superman in the 1940s he could really never get another really good job in the business that's another one Mm -hmm. also bud collier he played superman in radio but the only thing he really was able to do other than that was a quiz show and he died at the age of 61. That's another one. Also, a child actor, Lee Quigley, who played the young Kal-El in the original Superman movie, he died at the age of 14. Probably never heard of him. George Reeves died supposedly at the age of 45 of what may or may not have been a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Right. And, and then, of course, there's a story called Hollywood kryptonite and uh, of course also that marlon brando who played Jorel in the original superman the movie ran upon some hard times in his life after he did that movie he also lost um, relatives who you know died by suicide or got killed somebody got killed in this family marlon brando another example of course is margot kidder who played lois lane she suffered from bipolar disorder but that was before the movie and she'd go missing for days at a time and sometime later she was found in someone's backyard confused she died recently but i don't know whether that's part of the curse of superman or not richard pryor appeared in superman 3 three years later he was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis so that's kind of weird that's Richard Pryor. Let me see if there's anybody else there. Of course, we already have the picture of, of Christopher Reeve. But you have to look here at, in terms of being typecast in movies, that was more the province of people 
in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Now, actors can go back and forth. Another person who suffered from Superman, by the way, was Jerry Siegel, one of the creators, who made next to nothing from this character during his lifetime. His family had to sue Warners to get some money. The guy made practically nothing. But that's typical of Hollywood. That's just Hollywood story. Right. Reeve and Reeves, but the root word. And so you have Keanu Reeves, and he played a Superman in The Matrix. And so they're seeing that maybe he's in line for some curses himself. Well, I think in the case of the early Superman characters, the curse was mostly typecasting. Because we don't talk about, for example, Noel Neal, who played Lois Lane in the original Superman serials, and took over the role from Phyllis Coates in the TV series. And in that case there, she never had really much in the way of acting jobs, except towards the end of her life, she appeared briefly in Superman Returns, and you could see her for about three seconds in Superman the movie. But after that, I think she worked for the publicity department of one of the movie studios. Her career was toast. Lois Lane, that was it. Jack Larson, who played Jimmy Olsen, had no career on TV and the movies for many years until he was in his 60s and 70s and then got some bit parts on some shows. Before then, he had no career. He became a producer and playwright. So that's an example. Guy who played Perry White in Superman TV show, he was, you know, an elderly man. So I think he died a year or two after that. So nobody that anyone would recall except the people who played the supporting roles, the character actors from the original Adventures of Superman really went on to anything after that series, except for Chuck Connors, the Rifleman. He appeared in one episode. Well, that's all sort of interesting uh, trivia, but really, I mean, out of a planet filled with billions of people and literally tens of thousands of people involved in the movie industry, you're bound to come up with these kinds of statistics. Like I just, for example, okay, I just now looked up the uh, people who have been on Star Trek, dead Star Trek actors, actresses, and there's like about a hundred of them. So I really, does it really mean anything? I'm thinking what we're doing is we're just looking at specific areas that we find interesting and are involved in pop culture and then pulling out a bunch of names that we're all familiar with and then making more out of it than we need to. I mean, Star Trek, a hundred people. I mean, I can't, I was going to list them, but it would take me what, 20 minutes to go through who they all were. And remember they use hundreds and hundreds of actors over the years in Star Trek. We've got more trekking to do. Then again, I suppose we can take any popular TV show, especially one that becomes a cultural phenomenon, look at the actors who appeared on it, and very likely find some very tragic stories about careers that came and went, and all that sort of thing. So maybe we're pushing the envelope too much, as Randall says. But it's a lot of fun anyway, and maybe we'll drift off to another subject, probably a lot more important as we progress. With Lauren, Jean, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Healthcare reform is confusing, but whether it's finding an affordable insurance plan, keeping your doctor, or being able to afford needed prescriptions, navigating the healthcare system has become a challenge. Control your own healthcare costs and choices with Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of each other's medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, and like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I would flip-flop all night long, I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. You have been lied to. Generation after generation, time after time after time. If you follow the money, then you understand why America's in the condition it's in. Now, you created the Star Reserve in 1913 through lies. You create 9-11. Through 9-11, you, then you're fighting a war on terror. And now all of a sudden you go into Iraq, which was another lie. This book will open people's eyes 
order now at killinguncleSamBook.com. KillingUncleSamBook.com. Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. That's also true in terms of music stars. Most new musical acts barely survive the first hit record if they get one. Well, you know, the one hit wonder is very common. The thing that you need to do, of course, is do a statistical study. Is it in like, for instance, I, with some other psychologists, did a statistical study of how often is suicide among baseball players, major league baseball players, significant. In other words, is it more than the national average? And what we found, because you have a, a certain study, studyable database, you know how many baseball players have come to the major leagues, you can oftentimes, most of the time, find out if they died by suicide and then figure out if that is normal or is it abnormal. The thing that we found over and over again is that why it may be a little bit higher than the norm for males among the United States population, what was extremely significant was so many pictures were killing themselves. And of those, even though 10 to 20% at any one time can be left-handed pitchers, every one of the suicide statistics were of right-handed pitchers. So you got to break it down. In other words, and that's what I did looking at the Poltergeist movie, Curse, and the, um, the regards to the um, Exorcist Curse, only four or five individuals. And you had a population of finite population of actors and cast members. You then look at the Mothman movies, where you also have a finite number of cast members and eyewitnesses. And to get a hundred individual names, then you say, okay, you've got something statistically significant here as far as a curse. I agree with Randall that I think that looking at the suicide curse or the uh, the death curse among the Superman movies is not really significant because you're picking out individuals that died or had bad luck or whatever, and you're going to find that in any big kind of database. But if you look more deeply and can really back it up with numbers, then I start scratching my head. Here's something weird. Since we're supposed to be kind of talking about the paranormal a bit, uh, and we were talking about musicians, I remember, and I'm not sure if, if you guys can think of any examples yourself, and maybe these were just misreportings, but I, I recall uh, there was a few musicians, one of them, David Crosby, really comes to mind, as being reported to have died. And then a, a couple of years later, he comes out with a book and he's not dead. And then there was, of course, this brings up the whole uh, issue with Mandela, who people thought died in prison, and yet all of a sudden he was released and goes on to become uh, the leader there. So what about that sort of thing, the Mandela effect? 
or the Mengele effect, as it was called on <laughs> X Files. <laughs> I still haven't seen that. I've got to oh, check that out. Very good episode. I, I really think that that's a modern myth, kind of an interesting way. There's people that are always going to have gaps in their memories, and then they find other people with gaps in their memories, and they think it's the Mandela effect. Uh, yeah, okay. It may also be the Roswell effect because people remember Roswell differently, and that certainly made investigating that case pretty much difficult. True, very true. But John Keel, for instance, was reported to have died two times before he actually died. Uh, And the rumors were going around so much, I actually called him up to see if he was still alive. And he said to me, "Uh, I'm still alive, but I'll come to the funeral. I'll be the one wearing black. (laughs) <laughs> he always had a good sense of humor so we're, you figure that a lot of this Mandela effect is just misreporting by the media and there's really nothing more to it or do you think there maybe is something kind of paranormal in, in terms of people seem to recall not just dead people but different situations just really some really bizarre stories if you look into the whole thing it's not even possible to misremember some of this stuff if the stories are true. They're just completely different than what people actually recall, unless they completely misremember a huge portion of their own life kind of thing. Right. Like that guy, Gene, didn't he do something before Paracast? (laughs) I think people are hoping that wouldn't be here, but unfortunately I am. The rumors of my death so far have been greatly exaggerated, but I kind of wonder when there will be a last episode and whether I'll be alive before or after that episode before I kick the bucket. I don't know. I I was recently invited to be on a radio show uh, by another person that you all know, and he kept saying to me, yeah, I'll do it on such and such a date if I'm still here. And I thought that was a, a really bizarre way to say that he might not be there anymore. Well, that's one way of doing it, though. Yeah. Is there anything, though, other than just coincidences, the ability of a human to maybe sense when death is near, anything mysterious about any of this stuff we're talking about? Well, I think I, I try to put myself on the line. Um, I try to give predictions based upon past human behaviors and see how close I can get. Uh, That's why I put on social media that on June 24th of the year 2018, I think there'll be something in the paranormal ufology community that will shake people. Uh, I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping there's no uh, friend of mine that I know that is a UFO writer that Uh, dies in any way. I'm hoping no building blows up. I'm hoping that there's not a Reeve or a June 24th connection. But uh, I did this uh, as, and I was even written up in a a blog called Dangerous Minds about the man who predicted uh, Aurora, uh, because I predicted in the days before Aurora, Colorado, uh, where the, the, you know, the Batman movie, The Dark Knight, that there was going to be something awful happen, and I pinpointed it to that movie. 
and it happened. And I think that that's, there's been 12 incidences like that that I've predicted before they've happened. And I've put it online. I put it in print so that uh, people can say, you know, you're you're just trying to see if it happens. And then you forget about the ones that don't happen. Well, I don't forget about the ones that don't happen. But I certainly know that my instincts tend to be right on target oftentimes. But you have no psychic powers that we know about. You're no, not, I don't. You're not psychic. You're not psychic. Lauren or psycho Lauren. I'm not psychic or, and I actually, whenever somebody says you're psychic, Lauren, no, I'm not. I just study human behaviors and I predict things based upon past human behaviors. And it's very, very much uh, a futurist kind of point of view. The futurists are really most successful whenever they take all of that data and put it in their little computer their head and they come out with the, the predictions, but it's nothing psychic about it. It's very good to know. I'm just so pleased to know that, that yeah, there's nothing weird. Now, getting back to this though, we do have the stories over the years about people who supposedly died in the UFO field due to some kind of foul play or some kind of curse. Dr. McDonald, of course, M.K. Jessup, although I think M.K. Jessup committed suicide. But we have people like that. And we've done this through the years. There have been books. There have been articles about it. What's your perception? And we have about 40 seconds left for this segment, so let me just spend that time to talk about the Paracast Plus instead. How about that? And the Paracast Plus is a special subscription service we offer to make money but also to offer you the After the Powercast podcast with extra stuff, some post-game chatter, special content, special interviews. Last week we had a really great show with Kurt Collins talking about the UFOs that time forgot. That was fascinating. So we always have the unexpected. We also offer a version of this show free of the network ads. Prices start just $1.49 a week, but we get free stuff with five-year and lifetime subscriptions. How about them apples? we got more to come with Lauren, Randall, and Gene. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. 
you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no-obligation quote. 1-800-910-5936. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-910-5936. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-910-5936. 1-800-910-5936. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now... Here's Gene Steinberg. So, of course, Dr. James McDonald, M.K. Jessup, etc., deaths on June 24th. Is there a UFO curse? Are there UFOs? Why do people care? Is there a curse? Do people That's get- actually a really good question. I mean, why do people care about UFOs? We in the communities tend to think that it's one of the most important things in the world because if it's dis- if it's proven scientifically to the satisfaction of the skeptics then we can say well we know we're not alone in the universe and for some reason that really matters to us but it's it's really interesting when you come across people who it just doesn't matter to whether we were alone in the universe or not their golf game is more important Absolutely. I mean, I remember in 1969 coming home from working in a mental hospital with my coworkers. We were all recreational therapists. We're going over the little hills in Southern Illinois. And all of a sudden, a little Carmen Gia and I was sitting on the hump. And there, right in front of us, crossing the road, was a gigantic Black Panther. And I saw it clearly, and everybody saw it clearly. And of course, being a cryptozoologist, even though I did have to have a real job, I said, let's go back. Let's see if we can find footprints. Let's see if we can find evidence. Yeah. This was was late at night. And what did everybody that I was with say? No, No. I want to go home and have a beer. I want to go home and see my wife. I want to go home and take a nap. Humans don't care. Giant Black Panther? Are we talking about just like regular Black Panther? Or are we talking like super big, like Territorn version of a cat? Uh, It was a Black Panther that the tail was on one side of the road and the nose was on the other side. What? Like this thing would have to be like as big as a horse or something at least, or bigger. Well, Southern Illinois, the roads are smaller, but still, uh, you know, it was a narrow dirt, uh, not dirt, but a two-lane little highway. But Black Panthers aren't supposed to exist anyway in the United States. So that was the most remarkable thing. The size size didn't matter as much as 
it actually was there and it was crossing the road. There were lots of other reports of Black Panthers in Southern Illinois at the time. So that's interesting. But I mean, I think the size in this case, if you're saying giant and it was that large, I mean, that that kind of implies it's, you know, it's as big as your car almost. That's that's an enormous cat. Well, Carmen Gia's are small. But anyway, um, yeah, well, the whole theory is that they're Pleistocene uh, cats, which were American lions. And American lions are one third larger than normal African lions. So uh, it it was within the size range that all of the other reports that I gathered, uh, you know, really fit into that. For me, it's a report that I've never written up too much, uh, but it put me in a situation where I understand what most humans experience with unusual phenomena. They don't give a damn. They want to go on with their own life. They want to put it behind them. Uh, they don't care about this, whether it's UFOs or cryptozoology specimens or whatever. They just, uh, and, and you know, that's why I remember in the 50s and the 60s, I collected clippings and sent them to other researchers. Today, you can hardly find any clippings in the newspaper uh, or even online, any place, of course. It's tabloid news. It's not taken. Seriously, we're overwhelmed with Trump and the border conflict and politics and drug cartels. Uh, it's just amazing to me how we're awash in stuff that doesn't affect us any more than UFOs, but everybody thinks it does. Uh, and so uh, I, I think that's even the television shows, which there used to be much, many more. UFO shows on TV than there are today. They're just disappearing. Sure, there's the ghost shows. The ghost shows seem to survive forever, but Finding Bigfoot's finally ended. So that's not even on TV. Uh, so it's, I think, culturally in the paranormal world, we're seeing a shift away from phenomena. And unless you're on Netflix or you've got one of, you know, a cable package, because you can usually find several shows on any one of those topics if you've if you've got enough channels and of course on the computer you can find a lot and there's i i don't know how many hundreds of paranormal podcasts and radio shows still out there so but yeah, i mean you're, you're right it does seem to go in waves um the sightings themselves seem to co coincide with the popularity of the media as well so mm -hmm. like like when the X-Files uh, was really popular, there was a really large wave in, in Britain that coincided exactly with the airing of the shows. So you know, I suppose we could say, well, maybe because it became more acceptable and fashionable to talk about it, more people were just talking about it. Or yeah. the skeptics could say, well, no, people are just, you know, want more attention, so they make up stuff. I think in 2016, when the campaign was going on, uh, the media tired of talking about politics so much that it gave some room for phantom clowns to overwhelm the media. I've seen that happen times in the past where a news story becomes so boring to the media themselves that they search around for one of these unusual stories Climb onto it, and then it becomes bigger. Maybe like this to the Stars Academy thing that's 
it's kind of settled down quite a bit now, but we ask most of our guests what they think of that when they come on. You know, what's your take on that? I don't know anything about it. Oh, <laughs> okay. I, I'm not a ufologist. I, right. Some of my best friends are ufologists, like Jerry Clark. Uh, but uh, I really concentrate on straight Fortean phenomena and cryptozoology. And I run the Cryptozoology Museum, so that takes most of my time. Right. I get to dip into strange things with things like the Paracast, but oftentimes I'm just uh, I'm just an observer. It's not that I disbelieve it or debunk it. It's just that I've got many other topics coming in through emails and uh, messages and things that I oh. have to respond to all the time. That's understandable. Well, let's talk a little bit about cryptozoology then. Now, the, the skeptics, of course, call it a pseudoscience, and ufology suffers from the same malady uh, or mislabeling, uh, as I would call it. But uh, would you say it's fair to call cryptozoology a, a pseudoscience? Do you, do you claim, first of all, that cryptozoology is a science unto itself in the first place? Well, the way I've always uh, dealt with it is that that is definitely a way to diminish it. By calling it a pseudoscience. Cryptozoology is a subdiscipline, a method of pursuit within zoology and biology. Uh, it's a way to first talk to indigenous populations, gather evidence, look for physical evidence, see if there's possibilities of examples of the animals. Uh, if not, then it becomes part of folklore. If it becomes a real physical specimen that can be collected, then it becomes part of zoology. Uh, my whole approach in the museum is biological, zoological, anthropological evidence. Of course, you can't get real specimens of all the cryptids, but you can get replicas from tourist sites and from some uh, toy manufacturers that make a point. I'm not an evangelical cryptozoologist. I figure the evidence will speak for itself if the other party is open-minded enough to look at the footprints, look at the foot cast, look at the hair samples and the results, look at uh, how a fecal material collected about the Yeti or the Bigfoot looks so much different than other animals. So I just uh, plot along very scientific method and also with a good sense of humor because uh, there's a certain entertainment factor with cryptozoology. Lauren, Jean, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. 
For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Bill Deagle, MD, AAEM, ACAM, A4M, of Nutramedical.com, and a consultant providing email advice free on advanced protocols for your optimized wellness and advanced technologies to heal and regenerate you. You can contact us at Nutramedical.com, that's N-U-T-R-I-Medical.com, or 888-212-8871. You get free email starter protocols of our top medical-grade nutraceuticals, initial testing, and recommendations for your own primary doctor to do, as well as recommendations to give you an idea of a consultation and a full protocol to try to help you regenerate your tissues, heal naturally without the use of toxic polypharmacy. I can send test kits to you as well anywhere in the world and provide you recommendations for referral of specialty clinics worldwide. So contact me, Dr. Bill Deagle, at Nutramedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I-Medical.com or 888-212-8871. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Let me just ask you about the commonly known creatures. Bigfoot, myth or a reality at this point? Well, it's certainly part of folklore. It's certainly part of reality there's thousands of cases there's hundreds of thousands of footprints there's native american native canadian sightings and stories that go back hundreds of years i think that i'm realistic enough to know that 
80% of all of the sightings of Bigfoot are probably misidentifications and mistakes. The back end of a moose, uh, misinterpreted bear sighting, uh, your grandmother in her fur coat. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons that people see Bigfoot out there, but I think there's that 19% that are still the unknown. And there's a 1% out of all these cases, only 1% are hoaxes. You know, it's interesting here. You raised the point of my grandmother in a fur coat. Hmm. Yeah, there's an image for me, for sure. My dear old Danish grandmother in a fur coat pretending to be Bigfoot. Yes. Being, well, she might be a troll. Please don't use the word troll. I get trolls on our site all the time. We're in a troll invasion. I'd rather not get into trolls unless they're trolls from folklore. That's what I was talking about in Denmark. They're usually giants. Trolls are giants. They're not small. That's the elves. Of course. So, okay. So hoaxes. This is another thing. Now, the 1% similar kind of figures in ufology from classical ufology, maybe a little higher, but in today's world with the internet, when you look at the number of bad videos out there where people are faking UFO footage, I mean, the, the percentage of hoaxes, if you consider those to be hoaxes, has got to be higher than 1% now. I mean, almost all of it is just garbage. Well, let me yeah. ask you this. If somebody takes a video throwing a pie pan across their front yard, is that a hoax or a prank? Well, it's a hoax if they put it on YouTube and say, this is a picture of a UFO I saw out in the backyard. Right. So, you know, That's how many people do that with, you know, put on a gorilla suit and go running through the junk, you know, the forest and then get somebody to video it and go, oh, my God, oh, my God, look what it is. It's got to be higher than 1% if you're going to take into factor all of that noise that's out there on the Internet. Are you a accountant or a statistician? You seem to really be into statistics. <laughs> well, I tend to look at numbers of things, and I'm more of an analyst. Yeah, so I'll look at, I'll look at the situation. And so somebody says, well, the hoaxes are only 1%. And the first thing that comes to my mind is that, well, you know, in what? Is that out of good reports that a, a credible uh, group that collects them, sifts through, and then investigates? Or is it just out of all of them in general? How do you get that 1%? Well, let me tell you what I do. If there's a small percentage of people that are coming to me presenting evidence that is obviously faked and they're trying to make money off of it, they're trying to get on TV or they're trying to get in one of my books and it's an obvious fake, it's a hoax. If I go to YouTube and I look at a bunch of Bigfoot videos that are just thrown up there with no explanation, and I immediately can identify what company that suit came from or that they're showing something that their sneakers are coming through the bottom. I don't take that to be a serious hoax. I take that to just be a jerk putting a video up to clog the airwaves with something that they think is funny. It's right. like looking at a cartoon versus looking at I don't know. Let me think. Uh, an executive order from a branch of government, you know, that everybody knows will be overthrown in the future. Is that a hoax? So I, I think that I have a really 
straight uh, distinction between cartoons and comics and fools versus hoaxers that are trying to actually invade the field and change the field with uh, contamination. Okay. One thing that occurs to me is there are people put things up on YouTube to get the money from the number of views, except that Google has tightened up YouTube to such an extent that you've got to have a minimum number of views, a minimum number of subscribers before they will allow you to actually collect the proceeds. So it's made more difficult for casual people. Yeah, that, that's pretty reasonable. Maybe that'll help cut down in some of it. So, you know, I guess what I was going to summarize then for Lauren then is that the 1% that you're talking about uh, doesn't include all of the stuff that would go into the wastebasket to begin with, sort of better reports that you feel are worth serious consideration in the first place. And then out of those, you find that actually very few are hoaxes. Well, that's why I said 80% are misidentifications, mistakes, and other material that's not worth looking at. Um, I think that we have to look at it to determine that. But when I look at 1% of the hoaxes, that means because they have a strict motivation to hoax the investigator. As opposed to just creating a video for, you know, as a lark and putting it up on YouTube. Yeah, they're not directing it at me. They're just directing it at the universe. I see. They're not intending to deceive anyone. There's just like, ah, let's just create a Bigfoot video and who cares? We'll just call it Bigfoot. And that doesn't count as a as a hoax in your in your statistics. It's like Suicide Girls. Why are they putting it up there to get the clicks on it? Right. Some right. of these videos are foolish jokes that are cartoons in videos. They're not anything to do with the field. Oh, just on a little aside, jumping back to this, the, uh, the strange deaths, you were saying that there was a group that was uh, tied to the Sex in the City uh, television show. And it turns out that that show is also one of the most uh, prominent examples of the Mandela effect that we talked about. So there's a little bit of synchronicity for you. Okay. All right. Again, I still sometimes wonder with synchronicity, is there any evidence at all that synchronicity is more than just a coincidence we're looking at too closely? Well, certainly Carl Jung thought there was something going on there. He felt it was more than a significant uh, association. He felt there was, uh, I mean, in many ways, both Jung and Freud were spiritualists. They really looked deeper but didn't like to talk about it. They almost had a religious, uh, spiritual point of view that comes through Jung, certainly more than Freud. Uh, and, and I think that synchronicity on the level of Jungian synchronicity is seen as having some kind of connection with a broader cosmos. Exactly. Yeah, but do we believe that, or is that just something we want to believe, or is, is, is it really something verifiably extant. We have something else for you to believe, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll present it right now with Lauren Jean and Randall. You're in the Paracat. Thank 
you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Are you one of the 70% of Americans that want to own your own business, afraid to leave the security of your current job to pursue your dreams? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and myself want to show you a low-cost way to create your own business, working around your current job schedule, creating extra income for you and your family by joining his crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com. For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. President Trump is defending his zero-tolerance immigration policy even as protesters denounce it. WCBS reporter Kelly Waldron tells us about a demonstration at a detention center near New York City. Concerned residents stood outside the gates of a facility here in Westchester County as Congressman Sean Patrick Maloney and others tried to get inside to see how many migrant children separated from their families at the border were brought here. But they were turned away at the gates and told to wait two weeks. If we sit around and we're dumb enough to let them delay for two more weeks, somebody's parent is going to get deported and that kid's still going to be here. He's backing legislation that would require the State Department to work with embassies in Central America to get these families reunited immediately. You're listening to USA Radio News. Attention timeshare owners. This is an urgent consumer alert from Resort Release, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get rid of their expensive timeshares. Once you've made that decision to get rid of your timeshare for any reason, Resort Release is offering a Better Business Bureau accredited way to legally get rid of your timeshare guaranteed. We guarantee to get rid of your timeshare payments permanently. Even if you've tried another company, Company to get rid of your expensive timeshare, call now and see if we can help you. At Resort Release, you don't pay anything until you're ready. If you're ready to learn how to permanently get rid of your costly timeshare, make this complimentary free call right now. 800-455-7967. 800-455-7967. That's 800-455-7967. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, 
you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-261-9818 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-261-9818. Again, 800-261-9818. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, Randall, is your question finished, or would you rather continue or re-express it? No, that was pretty much it. I mean, I think your sort of take on the whole idea of synchronicity, your question there, Gene, is I pretty much just restated it in my own terms. Personally, I think that there are instances in my experience where it seems like it's just there's just too much of a certain kind of a coincidence regarding certain things to just write it off as purely coincidental or accidental. And I I don't really want to go into it right now on the show, but there's there's been a couple of pretty amazing things that have happened and i'm sure that in many people's lives they feel the same way so there's a phenomena out there that we can't help but feel means more than simply coincidence is that fair lauren i think that's fair i i think that for myself as a fordian as a follower of charles Fort, what's most important to me is to not believe in coincidence. But it's more important to open it up, to open my universe, to open my mind to whatever's going to come my way. If some of them look like coincidences, then it goes in my mental library to really interact with the, the next one. So I'm, I don't feel that I need to be predisposed to believing there will be a coincidence coming, but instead just being open to seeing it with an unprejudiced eye. That's a really good attitude. I, I tend to think that if we are going to be more open to a broader view of the world, then it's probably more likely that we'll see the interconnectedness and that therefore we might think of those as coincidences when in fact like you're seeming to suggest, it's just a broader view of the world, of our existence in whatever this realm is. Exactly. Now, obviously, I can talk about a few things that are coincidental, but they get to be so personal. Maybe I should not bother. Okay, so we were going back to the reality. You can can do that in the after discussion. You know, and we won't talk about you behind your back. That's okay. All right. Well, I'm glad to know that. Okay, so Bigfoot, what about Loch Ness Monster? Myth or reality? The Loch Ness Monster is always one that I said there'll be a 50-50% uh, possibility of because if you think about it, with Bigfoot, you've got a terrestrial animal that leaves fecal material and footprints. And what do you have left over from the Loch Ness Monster? Eyewitness reports. 
nothing but photographs that most of them are fake. Most of the eyewitness accounts tend to be waves, ducks, and, you know, birds flying over the lock that people see on the horizon. There's lots of mistakes that are made at Loch Ness. Is it that anything that moves, oh, that's the monster? I went there in 1999 for a two-week expedition. And one of the things that really shocked me was the horror. And by the horror, that was the rolling fog that went across the lock all the time. And it, it takes on a life of its own. And maybe it's because film doesn't capture it or photographers want to take the nice, beautiful view of each shore. But I think that fog that drifts over the lock is really deceiving and uh, has a, a body to itself. A lot of people take pictures of the waves and they say, oh, yeah, I can see how the waves are mistaken for the monster. But uh, there's more picture. There should be more pictures taken of the fog than anything else. Interesting. I'd never heard that particular uh, point of view before, but I could see how that could uh, definitely. The other thing. The other thing that shocked me, we went over there in July. I, I had a group of people, but I also took my, my sons, Malcolm, who was 11, and Caleb, who was 7. And we flew over. Then we had to drive from Edinburgh. It's not a short drive. It was three hours. You know, after you've flown over from the United States, you're really tired. So you get there, and you lay down for a nap. We laid down, and we woke up, looked at the clock, and the in the motel and it said 11 o'clock and we said wow we slept all the way to the next day because it was bright sun we get up we find out it's 11 o'clock at night so i recalibrated my brain for all of those sightings that i'd read all of those years about nine o'clock and ten o'clock sightings in loch ness during the summer when i thought it would be dark out and it's so far north, it's like the northern lights. The sun becomes a factor in the sightings uh, that I never really had an understanding about. And that was, that was kind of a, a being there, feeling different about the place that I wasn't expecting. I guess it makes a difference to be right on site. Yeah. It's something like that. You get the, the real feel of the place. How about giant birds? The giant birds or the thunderbirds, there's really kind of two different kinds of giant birds that I deal with in North America. One are the thunderbirds, which the native peoples, of course, talked about as coming from thunder. And uh, that seems to be because most of the traditional migration routes tend to go with the upflows of the thunderstorms and they go north to south down through the Ozarks in the uh, spring and then up through the Rockies through the winter. And then the owls, the giant owl reports, Mothman in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, even though the most of the sightings were in 1966, 1967 for Mothman, digging in the records, Mark A. Hall, uh, the late Mark A. Hall and myself dug into records uh, deeply and found that over a hundred years ago, there were reports of Mothman-like creatures, or, or as the natives called them, a giant flying chest. They had their head described in their chest. 
Then in the 1920s, there were reports of giant birds following jalopies down those roads. So there, it's a routine sort of situation in the Appalachian area of them seeing these giant owls uh, over four feet tall uh, and just having eyes that actually reflect red back. Uh, it's one of the myths of the field that there's all of these glowing red-eyed Bigfoot and Mothman and other creatures. If you actually get down to the original reports and original sources, you'll find that there was some kind of light source shining in the direction of the creatures that make their eyes red. Yeah. In uh, Alaska, there's been a couple of more than a couple of reports of a really large bird up there, one by a pilot who saw one from his small plane, like a Cessna. He said it was almost as big as his plane. And then there's another person here. I'm just recalling here. I'm looking at it now. says the wingspan had to be at least 20 feet. It was almost as wide as the road. I've lived there all my life and I've never seen anything like that. It freaked me out. It was not a raven or an eagle. This isn't a joke. It was huge. So what's going on up there with? Yeah, it seems to be Thunderbird reports. Southeast Alaska tends to be an area that routinely reports. But the thing that we often forget, these creatures cannot be seen without humans. And so some of the areas that these creatures creatures may be flying around in there aren't that many humans but in southeast alaska at least a pilot did report that some other native peoples up there reported uh, these creatures and of course all across uh, british columbia and calgary uh, you know alberta they've they've had reports of these uh, thunderbirds too that's interesting i live in calgary i've never actually run across anyone who's reported one so i'm hoping that someday i will we got more to come with Lauren Coleman, Gene Steinberg, J. Randall Murphy, back after a little bit of a rest on the show. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's technightowl.com host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Want revenge on the common housefly? 
Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. So much fun, you'll forget you have a wife and kids. $39.95 and free economy shipping. Use discount code GCN and get an extra 10% off your purchase at BugAssault.com. Fire your fly swatter. Get your Bug Assault today. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Get the ultimate knife at an ultimate price. The Fox Karambit Knife. Finally available in the U.S. The Fox Karambit Knife opens with one hand. Faster than you can pull a handgun. For utility, for defense, and for way less than other knives of this caliber. Go to TheUltimateKnife.com. Truly the best knife you will ever own. And only available at TheUltimateKnife.com. Use promo code RADIO at checkout for free shipping. Get the ultimate knife at the ultimate price. At TheUltimateKnife.com. With uncertain times in the United States, it's only prudent to consider storing precious metals in a safe place outside of our borders. At Miles Franklin Limited, we have done just that for you. Partnered with the most respected storage company in the industry, Miles Franklin Limited is proud to offer the only fully insured private safe deposit box system in North America, held in Vancouver and Toronto. Send us your previously purchased precious metals or have one of our brokers help you purchase something new. Questions? Please call one of our experienced brokers at 866-485-4346. Solid foundational storage partnered with the most respected name in security. That's Miles Franklin Limited. Celebrating our 29th year in business without ever receiving a customer complaint. Call us at 866-485-4346. Again, that's 866-485-4346. Miles Franklin Limited, a name you can trust. We call it the crapper, water closet, outhouse, or bathroom. But where do you go when there's nowhere to go? The answer is the Biffy Bag. The Biffy Bag is a pocket-sized disposable toilet that fits in your glove box, tackle box, toolbox, backpack, or purse. The Biffy Bag has everything you need for a sanitary and comfortable relief experience. It's ready to use in just seconds, and just toss it in the trash when you're done. It's your Biffy in a Jiffy. BiffyBag.com. B-I-F-F-Y-B-A-G.com. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. But the big question of the ages here, does a falling tree make a sound if there's nobody around to hear it? Just like can you see a Bigfoot if you're not out in the woods? Have they been seen in the city? Have they ever been reported in an urban environment? There's uh, some reports that tend to be cities that have green belts that come in. Like in 1970s, there was reports of Bigfoot around the edges of the Cleveland Zoo. You look at a map now and you can see how the, the green belt or the rural 
type of area can come close to some situations like that. And you could imagine a Bigfoot getting lost and making it that far in. My older brother and his wife, this would have been back in the 60s, when they were dating, used to go up to a, it was a nature reserve, pretty much right inside of Calgary. You could pull up onto the hill and kind of overlook the city and and hang out up there. They took the dog out there for a run one night. Everything was off in the car and they were just sitting there when this, they tell me this story. And of course, I believe it. They were very serious about it and told it to me a couple of times. This large creature, now he described it not as a Bigfoot, but more as like a Hulk, a large humanoid type creature that was just more or less outlined as a silhouette came up over the hill toward their car running and looking down and it didn't seem to notice they were there so they cracked the door to let the dog out and as soon as that happened they said it stopped turned around and ran the other direction the dog gets out to chase it chases it down into a little ravine where there's a barbed wire fence they go and look and there was a bit of snow on the ground they could see the prints go right up to the fence and then nothing dogs just standing there going like what happened did they take photographs no, they were just, they didn't have a camera with them and they were just like, you know, pretty much well, Bigfoot, teens Bigfoot, themselves. But Bigfoot is attracted to sexual activity. You might ask your brother about that. Well, I, can't, I wouldn't be surprised, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, they were pretty frightened. Good story. Yeah. Something I'd never forgotten. You know, is that sort of Hulk type, highly musculature, maybe not necessarily like a big hairy ape, but more like a, a Hulk type creature sort of. Anything in Alberta, there's many reports of the larger kind, and these are actually a little bit two or three feet taller than Bigfoot, have a certain build, and you sometimes with backlighting wouldn't see the hair. Yeah, because they didn't describe this as as like an ape at all. They were he was really adamant that it wasn't he knew about Bigfoot, but he said it wasn't sort of like that sort of thing, like not like you'd see in like the Patterson film or whatever, if you believe that. What's your take on the Patterson film, by the way? I guess we should ask. I don't believe in any of this. So (laughs) I I consider it acceptable evidence worthy of studying. I have actually looked at the three claims of hoaxing, and they all have no merit. Yeah, like I've looked at them all too. And so there's this back and forth thing where you've got the guy who says he actually wore the suit, the tailor who made the suit. And all the circumstantial evidence that goes with it. And I look at the thing, it looks like a guy in a suit to me, but I'm no expert. You know, but you're saying that there's still something to be taken seriously there? Yeah, you can actually see muscle movement underneath the hair on some of the new enhancements, the computer enhancements. Bob Hieronymus, who says he was in the suit, uh, when he was the age that he had to, would have had to been, was a thin basketball player uh, and just didn't have the bulk. Uh, and then the guy who's the quote-unquote tailor was a costume artist for carnivals, and he's he's dead now, but he was never able to present any of the suits that he manufactured that would match the Patterson film. And then in the book that tried to debunk it, he came up with two ways the suit was created, one through this guy, Phil Morris, and the other was through old horse hides. He said both of those explanations in one book, uh, and I often call it the tale of two suits, because 
they can't even get their stories right. Have you ever seen one yourself? No. No, I haven't. Yeah, neither have I. I do believe the phenomena exists. There's too many people who say they've seen something that fits the description. So I would say, personally speaking, regardless of the veracity of things like the Patterson film, there's too many people out there who seem perfectly reasonable and capable of discerning what they see to think that they're all just lying or hoaxing. Yeah. Well, I tell reporters who ask me, do I believe in Bigfoot? And I say, no, I don't believe in Bigfoot. But do you think I would still be interested in studying this subject 60 years later? Only if I was insane, huh? Okay, next question. Okay, we've got skeleton fragments and remains of million-year-old dinosaurs. Why can't we find any remains of these things that we can go, okay, for sure, we've got one? Well, we do. Gigantopithecus, Paranthibus, there's many hominid fossil candidates. Gigantopithecus was an ape-like creature that was over 10 feet tall, and there's fossil remains from India, China, and uh, Vietnam. So there's plenty of fossil candidates from the Pleistocene that would fit right into a Bigfoot. So you figure maybe some of these have survived through that period of time rather than evolving into something else. They've just stayed in that particular form? Yeah, they probably have been pretty static as much as humans have evolved. You know, there's minor little details or maybe the size changes. There's some of these true giants actually show four toes instead of five. Some of the Bigfoot show five toes. So there may be some modifications in evolution in that direction. But in general, Gigantopithecus, Paranthibus, Homo erectus that may survive probably would look essentially the same, you know, only a few hundred thousand years ago. But then they seem to have disappeared a few hundred thousand years ago, too. Why, why not more recent no, remains? No, they haven't disappeared. They've continued on. Just because we can't find fossils in the temperate zone doesn't mean that they weren't there. We have records from uh, Coinge from Europe from 600 years ago that shows us those people were interacting with Bigfoot-type creatures. Uh, wild man coins is a whole subfield within coin collecting. Sounds almost like a prehistoric version of Harry and the Hendersons, doesn't it? Lauren Coleman, please tell our listeners if they want to have more information about what you do. Where can they go and tell us more about your museum? Well, I'm the director and founder of the International Cryptozoology Museum that's at Thompson's Point in Portland, Maine. They can go to Cryptozoology Museum, all one word, dot com. They can get the hours there. We're open year-round. We're open every day but Tuesday. And we have a conference coming up in September uh, that has people like Jeff Meldrum, filmmakers, a woman named Dawn Prince-Hughes, Ben Radford. We even let the skeptics in the door. And you know other people like Paul LeBlanc from British Columbia telling us about Caddy. Stephen Bissett, who uh, did The Thing comic books. And also even a rock band called the Tomb of Nick Cage. Come and enjoy the museum and enjoy cryptozoology. You can find us on Twitter. If you look for the Paracast, look for two Paracast fan clubs on Facebook. And someday there may be one if we figure out how to combine them without losing the content. But that's Facebook for you. You also have after the Paracast, the other radio show we do, which can be the post-game 
commentary or or special interviews, special discussions. Last week we had a really, really great show with Curtis Collins and the Saucers that time forgot. It's available. When you sign up for the Paracast Plus, you get access to all the premium content. Prices are just a dollar forty nine a week. As they used to say in one magazine, our price cheap. And we also have lifetime subscriptions, five-year subscriptions. We're coming up on five years of the Paracast Plus now. So those of you who have ordered five years, it's almost time for you to renew. That's the Paracast Plus, plus.theparacast.com for more info, plus.theparacast.com. Of course, we've got our friend Jay Randall Murphy rejoining us as guest co-host. Lauren Coleman, I know this came at short notice. Thanks for joining us on the Paracast. Nice to be with you, Jane, and good to meet you, Randall. Yeah, thanks. It was just getting interesting, so I hope we have you back. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.